We have always existed, and we are still here. Telling the stories of those slung dead, we won't disappear. We're taking the pen back into our own hands. We live and we breathe and we keep creating, taking a stand. History is queerer than you. Welcome to the Making Queer History Podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Will. And today we're going to be telling you about some lesbian stories. Yes, and I'm very excited about it because it seems to tie into current events really well this week. Definitely. Or this month, I guess. Yeah, but we'll talk more about that. First of all, you can uh, reach us on all our social media. On Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. Tumblr. We also have an email, queerhistorypatreon at gmail.com. We also have a Patreon patreon.com slash queer history where you can donate and support our project you can also find all this on our website www.makingqueerhistory.com that's where we keep all our articles all our links everything is on there exactly and now if you want to show your friends this amazing project we have a video yes we have a video that we made we worked very hard on it we worked ridiculous hours so hard I worked eight hours in one stretch on it. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. I only took breaks to drink tea. Which, yeah, that's terrible plan. Blocked. <laughs> but we have a video out, and if you ever want to, like, share our project with your friends, or just, I don't know, look at what our project is about, if you yourself are just new to the project, you can find that on our Patreon and on YouTube, Making Queer History. That's all you have to look up for, like, the second result. Fantastic. Check out our YouTube channel. There's one subscriber. Uh, no, one- there's, there are four subscribers now. Four subscribers. We I was the first famous. one. You were? Wow, that um, makes me feel real good about I'm, our I'm fame. cool. Yeah? Um. So, yeah. Did you comment first? I did on- not. Well. I should have. It's YouTube oh, law. Man. It's YouTube law, oh, Will. Man. I did not comment first. Well, there you go. Will's failed. And, yeah, I'm trying to think. We have finished the fundraiser. So, the fundraiser's over. We're sending out rewards now. What else is there? Any cool announcements? Do you remember? Not that I can think of. Y'all there are, some are certain... cool and we love you. Yes, we were so grateful for the fundraiser. Honestly, we had so much support. Even if, like, you didn't become a patron, there was so much, like, lovely support and emails coming in. And we just appreciate every single one of you, whether you're able to financially support us or just, like, support us on social media by just, like, reposting our stuff. It's yeah. really amazing. And we're really grateful to have such a great audience. Such great queer stories. Yeah, you're trying to make a catch on. Still, um, um, we um, still haven't had a vote, Will. Fair enough. For all those who are wondering, the thing is that Will's wanting to call us queer historians, but the problem is we haven't voted on what we're going to be called yet. And Will's just trying to get ahead of the line. Exactly. I'm going to catch on. I know it. Yeah? You, people are going to be like, hey, queer historian exactly. on the block. Yeah. yeah that's, that's what's going to happen? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm excited to never see that um, and to make fun of you when it never happens. Um, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right. So, um, we're recording this a lot earlier than we usually do just because Will is abandoning us for three weeks. Well, abandoning me. You guys won't even notice, but... Well, you might. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to be gone for three weeks. I'm going to Norway to visit my family. Mm-hmm. And send Laura all encouragement. Well, I'm probably going to be posting this, if not around the end of your trip. But Fair like, enough. So you guys, by the time you guys are hearing this, Will's almost home or home already. So send them some love. And yeah. Fair enough. 
Send Laura love to you because Laura deserves all the love. You're very sweet, darling. Thank you. What else? Is there any other announcements that we have for today? Not that I can think of. I know we're doing something in secrecy, but you guys can't know about that. We're doing some secret things. I don't know this. What secret thing? Secret is... things. You secret, keep secret, secret, you secret keep doing secret things that I don't know about. <laughs> I feel like I no, I you're right. I didn't tell you. <gasps> you don't get to know. Now it's gonna oh. be like an actual secret instead of just an accidental secret. Oh, okay. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. The only other person who knows is Dean. So yeah. Hey Dean, if I message you, um, tell me, okay? No. <laughs> I am the boss of this project, and no. <laughs> so yeah, I don't think we have any announcements. We did so much last month that we're going to take a little bit of a breather this month. Like, we're not going to stop doing anything. We're just going to, you know, be a little bit calmer, maybe. Yeah. Except for all the ridiculous amount of work I'm going to be doing. Yes. But that's just a completely other thing. Exactly. Uh, remember our art contest, guys. Yes, definitely post for our art contest. It's on every social media. You can find more information on that social media. But basically, you post under the tag we use, and we look at your art, and you can enter it into a contest, and you can win real people money. Real people money. Yeah. Not fake people money. Not fake people money. But real people money. Real people the hashtag money. is... MQH art contest. There you go. If you don't want to be part of the contest and would rather just show us your art and have us repost post it, post it uh, with the hashtag QueerWorksFridays. Yep. And we will definitely check it out and show it to all of our followers. And we've gotten like quite a few people who've gotten, you know, like a little bit of a following from our followers. And I'm very impressed because like, yeah, our followers are apparently huge into art. Which, which is cool. It makes they're sense. Gay, they're queer. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course they're entire. Obviously. So I think that's all we have to say about Yeah, I think that our preamble's pretty short this week. Yeah. So or a month, I guess. I keep saying week. We we're not a weekly show, guys. I hope you realize. <laughs> I hope you aren't like, damn it, they missed another Monday. They're so late every time. We're monthly. So we can't be held accountable. And sometimes not even monthly. Well, yeah, like, it happens. Sometimes it happens. we make bad decisions. But anyways. So today we're going to be talking about four lesbian stories who yes. all tell, yeah, they all tell different narratives, but they're all, they all have one similarity. Lesbians. They're all lesbians. Which I'm very excited about. It came at a perfect time. Yes. Do you want to tell the story behind this uh, article that you wrote? Sure. Basically what was happening on a couple of different social medias and just everywhere for a little while there was and I think this is still happening on YouTube I know this is really big on YouTube um I know it's a big problem is that they were um well not censoring but they were flagging any content with the tag lesbian in it as not safe for work so it was basically the implication that lesbians are not safe for work and the reason for this obviously it doesn't take much to like critical reasoning to think of this the reason for this was because straight men make lots of porn about lesbians. And there is obviously lesbian porn for lesbians and all that kind of stuff, but an entire identity under not safe for work was a kind of garbage thing to do. Definitely. And I was really bitter and I was really mad, so I was like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna add some things to the lesbian tag. And so we added these four stories and I like pushed them out as fast as I could. They're like, they're mostly summaries, honestly. And there's actually one or two of them that we're going to be expanding on in the near future. So keep an eye out on that's that. That's really exciting. I also remember you and I were sitting up till really late in the night just because we have these quote books mm -hmm. with just quotes from lesbian people in it. Yeah. And we just sat long into the night just writing and queuing and posting these quotes from lesbians just to fill up the tag. 
Exactly. So it wouldn't just be filled with porn. And also so that it could show like, no, this is identity. You don't get to flag an entire identity as not safe for work. That's garbage. I know YouTube is, I think, still demonetizing like people who are explicitly queer. I know this isn't just a lesbian one. This is just like queer people in general. Mm -hmm. It just like keeps getting worse and worse and they're digging themselves deeper. Did you hear about the new thing that they're doing? I did not. Um, Basically, there are a whole bunch of queer um, YouTube channels that the ad that are being put on them are anti-gay ads oh yeah so basically like because for some reason youtube is i don't like being on youtube let's be honest Mm -hmm. but youtube is a mess at this point but for some reason they were like okay so our advertisers can choose the videos they want to be on that's garbage but the videos can't choose what the what advertisers say it'll allow. That's garbage. It is. It is. And, like, uh, it's ended up with a whole bunch of queer people being demonetized so they don't get any money from their videos. And even, like, really popular YouTubers that, like, would get a lot of money from their videos. Or, like, even if you're a small YouTuber, especially if you're a small YouTuber, honestly, because you're only getting a little bit of money from it, you just get nothing. Like, if you get one video that's demonetized, then you have nothing. And that's just absolutely terrible. And... As a counterpoint to that, either you you get demonetized or you have anti-gay ads on your thing. So a young queer youth is like looking up how to be queer. I don't know what they're looking up these days on YouTube or like how to come up to your parents and they open this video and it's this religious anti-gay ad and that's just horrible. And I'm just like imagining if I was in that situation when I was younger and I would have had a breakdown. Yeah. Like I would not have been happy. I probably would have been really mad and started doing stuff like doing angry gay things. But like I know I would have been really sad as well. And I know a lot of friends of mine who would like be put in really bad headspaces through just something like that. So yeah. Um, YouTube is not, we're not YouTube sponsored here, so we can say YouTube sort of sucks. And yeah, basically this is still a little relevant, but actually this story, which where it came from is completely different from where it's relevant to today. Exactly. Do you want to tell the stories first or do you want to talk about why it's relevant today? Let's tell the stories first. All right. We're starting out with Jane Addams. And she was, um, an activist and was also called the mother of social work in america yeah and she's like very well known she's in a lot of textbooks i remember a lot of people came out after like i had put this up and they're like wait i I, like i recognize this person i've seen her in my university textbook or something and yeah so basically she's like a really famous name and most people don't know that she was a lesbian Mm -hmm. she had two long-running romantic relationships with women Mm -hmm. and she did a lot of cool things she was even as from like a young age she wanted to be a doctor mm-hmm. she tried to work really hard to help the poor but because of her own poor health uh due to um she in 1935 she she was diagnosed with pot's disease which i believe is a tuberculosis of the spine and this gave her lifelong health issues and a lot of trouble so she while she tried to become a doctor and she did one year of medical studies uh, her health issues didn't allow her to continue and then mm-hmm. she after she traveled europe for two years she realized she didn't have to become a doctor to help mm-hmm. and then she instead decided to focus on other things like social work exactly and she just became this amazing incredible activist who worked to help like people of the lower class and worked to like 
remove divides and like support people and she had like kids clubs and she had schooling for older people and just like all these amazing programs of just like things as simple as like picking up garbage yeah or things as complicated as literally helping people out of poverty those are two wildly different and very intense things to do and she just like absolutely went as hard as she could on both of them and i think that's just absolutely amazing it's so great she she worked so hard to not only educate the lower classes but also bring entertainment and and the arts she she focused so hardcore on arts she had art schools art exhibits which at the time art was so far removed from the lower class that was one of the huge barriers because you know art was seen as a thing you know for rich people basically it was a luxury it wasn't something that people just got and i'm saying that in like european context and in an American context, not in every single country in the world. At the time, it was a very important thing for her to connect the arts to the lower class, and it was a thing that hadn't been done in the way she was doing it. So her main task throughout her entire life was a settlement house Mm -hmm. uh, called Hull House. She opened it in 1889, and if I am correct, I'm not 100% sure, but the settlement house, I believe, is a place where sort of a community center, Mm -hmm. but also specifically focused on helping and providing support for immigrants. Yeah. So she had this, in the end, I believe it ended up being like 15 buildings. And she worked really hard to expand it. She had this whole community going with all these different kinds of people who came together. And she focused really hard on, yeah, as Laura said, clubs for kids, education. She also had a lot of scholars staying there who performed studies and funded it, studied a lot of the social illnesses and the social standards, and did a lot of to be on sociology. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like a very interesting place to exist. And then she also did a lot on, I'm going to say femininity. I believe she did a lot of studies on how femin- femininity fits, on the ideal femininity of the time, and on the empowerment of women. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, she had her finger in a lot of pies. And she did a lot of great work wherever she was. And It's just a really great person to look to in history for one of those really obvious ones that you just didn't even see. Because so many people know this name, especially if you're American. If you're in the American schooling system, you'll probably learn this name at some point or another. And it's not one that people talk about. But she was queer and she wasn't like loud about being queer. She wasn't very outspoken about it. But she was, and it is provable. Oh, so yeah, yeah it, it's pretty amazing that like you get to have this person that you're taught about for all this time in your life, and then you realize you're like, oh, she's a lesbian. That's really cool. Exactly, and it's very clear that she's a lesbian. Yeah. I have read some excerpts from her letters to her loved ones, and they're very, very visibly queer. Yes, it's always very exciting when that happens. And there's, yeah, there's just a lot of evidence. And yeah, that's lesbian number one. That's lesbian number one for you. All right. Ready to jump into lesbian number two? The second lesbian. Lesbian number two is Anne-Marie Alonzo. Mm -hmm. And she's a Canadian playwright, poet, critic, and publisher. Yes, amazing. She she did a lot of things. She wrote a lot and she was really cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, she wrote a lot of poetry and was published. She was also in a car accident when she was younger, so she had to be assisted by a wheelchair from her entire life. Or yes. after the car accident, yeah. And she moved from uh, Alexandria, Egypt, mm-hmm. to Canada when she was 12. Yeah. And so she had that experience of being an immigrant, and she wrote a lot about that 
in her work. Yeah. And she had a PhD in French studies and she wrote a total of 20 books, which I think is a lot of books. That's a lot of books. Also, I'm just really excited that she's Canadian because I think this was probably the first Canadian that I covered. Oh, yeah. Um, And I was very excited to cover her because I never wanted to focus too much on Canada because I know I'd be really biased if I did because, <laughs> you know, I'm Canadian. And honestly, we need to write more Canadian stories. Anyways, but it was the first one I did who was Canadian and she was just like had such an interesting life as well. And she was so into writing. And that's something that I've always been very, very passionate about. So to see a Canadian queer femme person just killing it it was really nice to see and it was really nice to see how successful she was and how loved she was by her family and her friends exactly and she yeah she's just really cool i want you to know though that like the first person i wrote an article about was a norwegian person exactly so i'm extremely biased oh will's extremely biased i will only write about norwegian persons i want y'all to know this yeah that's the only articles you'll ever drop exactly all right so i'll just like cross you up for the hans christian anderson one. Oh man you don't get to write that one oh, anymore. man never mind no, 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 no. I understand what you mean. So I was thinking of doing an expanded one on like a couple other people like, you know, Sir Ewan Forbes and mm. just like people like that, you know, your favorite ones. Yeah, my favorite ones. Your favorite ones. Yeah. We'll just do some exp- But I, And I was going to offer it to you, but since you're not interested, <laughs> I guess we won't. Okay. So I guess, guys, we're canceling all the articles. All of them. Will's only writing about Nor- No, we're not actually canceling all the articles. And Will's not actually gonna only write about Norwegians, because that's a terrible idea. And yeah, Norway has right. like six people in it. That's true. Historically. Only six. <laughs> all throughout the history of Norway. There's Which, only been six people. Back to Anne-Marie Alonso, though. You're just mad because I'm dragging your country. Yes. Because I'm right. Fuck. It's because I'm right, right? Yes. Yeah, I thought so. So, uh, she was so into writing that she started publishing poetry while she was still a student, which I think is cool. Being a yeah. student, I know how hard work it is. So, the fact that she was publishing poetry on the side there. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's some hustle right there. And after a while, she also funded the Literally Journal and the Publishing House, mm-hmm. which I don't remember the name of at the moment. That's okay. But yeah, so she did a lot of cool things. She wrote a lot about feminism and lesbian politics and migrant consciousness and also about mobility. Mm-hmm. Because she, she did was, use a wheelchair, yeah. Yeah, she did use a wheelchair, and she wrote about that in her poems. Mm-hmm. And I was gonna read you a little excerpt from one of her poems. Just your hand, my cheek, and all the languages you place yourself, and I sense loosing breath, loved I would overcome. Okay, that's pretty gay. It is really gay. That's pretty gay. I love that. It's from a poem or a book called in English Lead Blues. Or lead blues. I'm not sure which one it is. Well, there we go. But yeah, she wrote all her poetry in French. So this is a translated version. But if you ever see any of her poems, they're really interesting. (laughs) And if you're interested in French, that's a really great person to check out if you're interested. Exactly. And she's just, she did a lot of great things. She's really cool. And she's very gay. Very, very, very gay. And this one was, um, this person was out as a lesbian in her time. And yeah, she was in relationships and she talked about being a lesbian. And get ready for lesbian number three. So lesbian number three. This is, was probably one of my favorite to research about. That makes sense. Like, just because I'm um, gonna admit my bias here. I love researching about certain people, especially if the certain people are mad all the time. And I'm like, I can relate to this. Next lesbian is really angry a lot of the time. Which is exactly as it should be. I'm gonna give a content warning for mentions of Nazis Mm -hmm. and mentions of abuse. Yeah. No in-depth discussion, just 
letting y'all know that. Yep. So if you need to skip out for a while, feel free to do so. Definitely. Uh, So next one is Satyria Bellu. And she was one really cool. Yes. And a Greek singer. And she just loved music so much. She she was obsessed with music. Definitely. She started singing when she was three years old. Yeah. She made her own guitars mm-hmm. out of wood and wire. I, I read that and I'm like, Laura, that's so cool. Yes. Uh, so I love this woman. Mm-hmm. And she just worked so hard to she get did. to where she could be. And she was also, like, very outspoken. And since she was also a woman while also being outspoken, that was looked down upon a lot. And so when she grew up a little bit, her father immediately decided to marry her off. And that did not end well, as her husband, the person he married her off to, ended up being, he was abusive, and he abused her. And at one point, when she was defending herself, she threw acid in his face. And even though he was abusive and abused her and she was defending herself, she was put in jail for, I think, uh, three months? I think... Uh, Maybe six months. I think six months, and six then months. she got it cut down a bit. Yeah, she got it cut down a little bit. Um, originally, she was going to be put in for three years, but she talked it down quite a bit. But I just think that's like a horrible experience to go through, for one. But also just so frustrating that, you know, she was the one being abused, and they defended the person who was abusing her. Definitely. Uh, but after that, I believe they either divorced or she just left. Yeah. And she moved to Athens where she worked as literally everything she could, like a waiter, a dishwasher, a runner, like everything she could get her hands on, she worked as. Until she was uh, working as a waitress in a cafe and made a bet with a customer and sung two songs, uh, thereby winning the bet. Yeah. And was then discovered as a singer. That's pretty incredible. That's, yeah. That's a, that's a good... <laughs> You know, get a bed, get win the money, and then get discovered as an artist. That's exactly. a good night. And then she just sang. Mm-hmm. She uh, did pretty great. People loved her. And she wrote and recorded a lot of songs. Mm-hmm. She was also really, really visible in the Greek resistance. Yes. And worked hard in the political activism area. Yeah. And there, I believe there's one event where she was singing at a club. And these and and some Nazis wanted to make her sing a right wing song. Yeah. And when she outright refused, they beat her pretty badly. They beat her pretty badly. I remember reading about it, and one of the things she was most upset by was the fact that she had friends in the audience who were there, and no one came up to help her. She was on stage, and she was just beaten by all these men, and no one spoke out. No one tried to defend her. They just let her get beaten up for not wanting to sing the song. And I think she never really let that go, as she shouldn't have. That was horrible. Mm -hmm. That's a horrible thing to happen to someone. And yeah, she stood against Nazis multiple times, ending up in her imprisonment later in the war. Yeah. And she was imprisoned and tortured and really just put through the ringer through the war and not given any breaks. And then... Yeah, I'm not 100% sure what happened to her after the war. Mm-hmm. I didn't find much about that. She she definitely faded a little bit from the public view. I believe um, there was a new singing styles coming out and the one she was doing was... No uh, longer as popular. So, but I think she... So, the rest of her life she loved... She led a quiet one. Mm-hmm. Quiet-ish, at least. Yeah, as quiet as she could be. Uh, she was also open and lesbian. Yep, she was openly lesbian. And ev- yeah, so everyone knew that she had a lot of relationships with women, and she was very proud, but also angry about it. Yeah. 
Not angry, angry about that she was a lesbian. She was angry that everyone else was a tool about it. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify that. She was great about being a lesbian. She was just yeah. real upset that people were tools. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I understand why this why Satira Baloo was one of your favorites to research. Yeah, that's fair. Like, just knowing me, I feel like it, it's very clear why my favorites are my favorites. Yeah. And I think that moves us on to lesbian number four. Yes, the final lesbian. The final lesbian, Louise Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And she was a trans lesbian activist. Yes. And she worked, yeah, she worked really hard in, like, trans activism. Yeah, and, and she worked closely with Kinsey of the Kinsey scale. And she worked really closely with a lot of doctors. Yes, because she really wanted to help educate people and give as much information as she could to help trans people who came after her. And that's what she did. Exactly. Uh, she uh, had a couple of partners throughout her life. Yeah. Uh, some of whom she wasn't out to as a trans woman. I think the, her first wife she was not out to as a trans woman. But then her second one she was. But um, the second wife... I'm not sure if they were married, but her second partner, how about that? Her second partner, she, um, her partner ended up leaving because she wasn't okay with the secrecy that came along with their relationship. And then the third one was just really happy to be there. Yeah, just really happy to be there. Also, her, um, her third partner's name was Gay. Which is just amazing. I, I'm just like, wow, that's the best name. The gayest. Yeah, it's perfect. It, it's as, as good as you can get, really. Exactly. But yeah, she worked um, with Kinsey of the Kinsey scale um, she... and a whole bunch of doctors. And she also used her house that she had with her her final partner. That sounds very threatening, her final partner. But um, the third partner, Gay, mm -hmm. uh, with their house, she housed a lot of other transgender people to, you know, help them through their transition if they needed or really give them anything they wanted. Yeah, point. exactly. I believe she also, for some time, she managed an apartment building. She also mm -hmm. held, like, art exhibits mm -hmm. and just did a lot for the transgender community. Yeah. Now, the work she did with Alfred Kinsey was mostly giving him numbers yes. on the amount of trans people that existed, pretty much. Yeah, so she would take down numbers and she would, like, be in the community and she'd research a whole bunch of things and then she'd bring that to him so he could help his research a lot. Exactly. And we learned a lot from the research he did and the research that she assisted in. For the rest, after meeting uh, Kinsey for the rest of her life, she sent letters to the Kinsey Foundation even, yeah. if, even after he died. Exactly. So they could just have the numbers know that trans people existed. Yeah. And know that that was a fact. And Because I believe previously, before meeting Louis Lawrence, uh, Kinsey only knew one trans person. Yeah. And so he he was like, yeah, there's one trans person here, so that's the only one, right? Yeah. And then through Louis Lawrence, he got to see all these other people, this entire community, this entire just wide variety of people that existed while also being trans. Exactly. And speaking of wide variety, that's where we reach our point yes. of all of this. As you can see from these stories, there's a wide variety of things that a lesbian can be. There are a lot of professions, there are a lot of passions, there are a lot of existences, there are a lot of identities, there are a lot of additional partners or lack of partners that a lesbian can have. A lesbian doesn't need a partner to be a lesbian. A lesbian doesn't need to not have a partner to be a lesbian, specifically a male partner. If a lesbian has had a male partner at any point, that does not mean they are not a lesbian. Mm -hmm. Think of, um... Soteria Baloo. 
Soteria Ballou. She had a husband who was abusive towards her. She was still a lesbian after that. Mm-hmm. She was still a lesbian before that. She is still a lesbian during that. And she is still a lesbian after that. And there are other things that a lesbian can be. Like a lesbian can be a person with a disability. Or a lesbian can be a woman who works with poor people and who does social work and who does a thousand jobs at the same time. A thousand jobs. And a lesbian can be a transgender woman. Mm-hmm. Which, if you have kept your eye on the news lately, especially the queer news, you'll find that there are certain sections of the lesbian community that do not agree with that. In a whole, the lesbian community knows that transgender people can be lesbians. But there are certain people who have decided they know the definition of lesbianism better than the majority of lesbians because apparently they're the ultimate experts in lesbianism because they're they're usually around like 20. So they've had 20 years on this planet, right? Yes. So they obviously know better than all these other lesbians who've existed. Yeah, of course. You know, whatever. All these lesbian elders, especially trans lesbian elders, they just, you know, these 20, 30-year-olds just know better. They They are clearly more informed because they have been here for so much longer. Not to say that age is a requirement for wisdom because, you know, some older people can have the same bias. But the bias is wrong no matter whose mouth it comes out of. Definitely. Because as we know, lesbianism is not restricted by anything but a person's self-identification. That's 100% true. As it is with most identity, but yeah. It's important to know that identities comes from within the person and not from the society as a whole. Exactly. And to, like, be clear, let's, let, let's not shade anyone. Let's be explicit on what we're doing. At London Pride this year, there were anti-transgender protesters there saying that transgender people cannot be lesbians, um, insinuating that transgender people were, for some reason, trying to sleep with these people. I don't understand the draw. But um, apparently they thought they were a high commodity that transgender people would want to sleep with them. And they were very upset about this theoretical version of the universe. And they were very upset by the idea that trans people who, you know, are historically marginalized and historically been a part of the lesbian community for longer than any of these people have existed, um, that they would want to be recognized for being a part of the community that they're a part of. So they were pretty upset about that. There were some... There were a lot of gross politics. There were a lot of really gross politics, and it wasn't at a small pride. It wasn't like at this really small town where it has this really inter-community sort of politics, though I'm sure there were definitely a lot of politics going on there. Definitely. And and London Pride, there were people like trying to stop them from filming, to stop like us from seeing what happened. And it's really just a horrible horrible thing. And it's in mainstream society. So the idea that like, even though I was like, they're not the majority of lesbians, that's 100% true. The majority of lesbians are completely fine with transgender women because a lot of transgender women, yeah, they're like, they're, they're lesbians. They make up a significant amount of the community. I don't know. Harold, they're lesbians. Harold, they're lesbians. But apparently Harold, as I'm going to call this group, because I don't actually know their name. Harold was really mad that they were lesbians. And they were really mad that they could not define the word lesbians because they were sure that they knew the definition better than everyone else. So they protested. They were very upset about lesbians existing in ways that they didn't want lesbians to exist. And they were in a mainstream march. They weren't in some small part of the back. They were in a mainstream march and they were center stage. And it's just a reminder that we need to be active and vocal 
about keeping this garbage out. As Jane Addams told us, garbage goes in the garbage. She had a whole job about it. So we'd just like to remind everyone that transgender lesbians are part of the lesbian community. Yes. Transgender lesbians belong in any community they want to belong in. Yep. I'm not gonna like, well, not any community they want to belong in, but like, I'm not gonna restrict where they go. And I don't see the reason why anyone should try. One of the um, ethics that I believe should apply to everyone is that you can't know other people's experiences. Yep. And if a person says, hey, I am a lesbian, then they are a lesbian. You just gotta trust it. Yeah. Like, it, it sometimes, maybe once in one in a billion people. Yeah. It's gonna, they're not, they're gonna be lying. But I think it's much more harmful to keep out people that should be there than it is to let people who shouldn't be there into the community. Because if it's a person who shouldn't be there in the community, they're going to make it pretty clear pretty fast that they shouldn't be in there through different actions. Yes. And I just, I just, it, it's so infuriating that this would happen. Mm -hmm. I'm so horrified that this would happen. And I'm so disappointed that this would happen. I'm disappointed in the people who let it happen because it wasn't just like three people who came out. There were steps that were taken. There were steps that were approved of to make the decision to let these people say the things that they wanted to say. And as someone from Edmonton, um, I'm not sure if anyone has heard the news about Edmonton. Uh, we had a protest at our own pride recently. It was, um, a whole thing. We actually skipped Pride this year just because we had a lot of problems with how Pride existed in our city for a little while. So we just, we didn't go this year. We found it too emotionally draining, but we, there was a huge development. And in we heard Pride. about the aftermath. Yep. And we have a lot of friends who were there and we have a lot of friends who were part of this in different ways. Basically what happened is um, a group of people came in and they're like, hey, you keep letting police march in Pride. We don't feel comfortable with that. And we would like uh, Pride to be a place where we feel safe and a place where we feel comfortable and able to be open and not afraid of someone with a gun behind us. And um, the gays in our city were big mad over yes. that. Yeah, they were. But at the same time, there were a lot of people who weren't. There was a huge amount of support. And I got to see it from some amazing, amazing people. There was a lot of kickback. I'm not going to deny that. But there was also a lot of support. And what I've loved seeing about the London Pride is absolutely how much kickback this is getting and how upset people are. Because even if everyone's not on the same page yet, some people have read the book. So basically, the most important thing that we need to do is to keep together and believe in people's words. And we need to recognize that the queer community is made up of this huge, diverse range of people where saying one thing absolutely is never going to be true. Saying that transgender women cannot be lesbians could never be true. It's not only foolish for a thousand reasons I can think of off the top of my head that are political. It's also assuming your experiences are universal. Mm -hmm. Even if, let's say, like, let's give this absolute stretch and say that one of these women have met someone who was doing what they're saying they're doing. They're putting their experiences of transgender lesbianism onto every single trans lesbian who has ever existed, which is absolutely ridiculous. It's tiresome. It's 
basic as hell. And it's not what the queer community is supposed to be about. And it's not going to lead anywhere. It's not going to lead anywhere. And, oh, well, it's going to lead to one thing. And it's going to be violence against trans women. Hmm. A community that historically and contemporarily experiences violence more than any other layer of our community. Or trans lesbians, transgender women in general, Mm -hmm. I think. But it's just very frustrating to hear about this argument brought out over and over again. And to hear it gain popularity, and it's nice when it loses popularity again, but the fact that it's able to gain it is just this horrifying thing to learn over and over again. And how it's happened in history and how it's happening right now. It's just a clear reminder that we need to learn our history. That these people, wherever they may be, whoever they are, are people who have decided they understand what the queer community is. And as someone who studies the queer community, I don't know what the queer community is. I'm still learning. Everyone in the queer community should still be learning. Because as a community, we've only exist for a very small amount of time. And... As humanity, we still are having a hard time identifying humanity as a thing. We're having a hard time defining humanity as a concept. And we think that we're smart enough to define a community that is just in its birthing stages because we just decided we are that smart. I just think it's ridiculous. I agree. And I think that one of the best ways to battle that kind of ridiculousness is education and the spread of knowledge and forming a very clear and honest and repeated line saying, no, transgender lesbians belong here. If you don't think so, then you need to leave. And you're going to need to say that if you're part of the queer community at some point and you're not a transgender lesbian, you are going to need to say that. You're probably also going to need to say that if you're a transgender lesbian. But ideally, all of us who aren't transgender lesbians can be really amazing allies and be the people saying, no, you need to leave. So I want you to practice that in the next couple of months because you're going to have to say it a lot more often than you think you are. And I think that's it. That's that's good. Yeah, I think that's all I have to say about that. I'm still horrified at all this happening, but there's not much else. The important thing is to protect those around us. Yeah. All right. Are you ready for the third portion of this podcast? The third portion, and obviously the one that, oh shoot, I'm still scrambling to think of like what my recommendation is going to be, because I'm giving you a queer media recommendation. Okay. Are you ready? Will is going to give the intro because you guys still haven't offered us an alternative title. So the title <laughs> we should now. just come up with one. No. No. Blocked. We're leaving this Reported. to the community. <laughs> um, we're leaving this to you guys and Will's going to sing until I can think of a recommendation to give. This is the part where Laura gives a queer recommendation of some queer media if they can think of something. They seem like, and they're gonna look up something, so I'm gonna keep on singing. What if I just don't stop? I'm I'm gonna cry. You're gonna cry? Yes. Weak. So you found something? No. No? Keep singing. (laughs) (laughs) So I gotta keep on singing, cause Laura's still scrolling through the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Keep singing, I'm not done yet. We have a full bookshelf of queer books. Yeah. And you can recommend any single one of them. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess you're not gonna do that. Nope. You're just gonna find something online. Yes. I found something. Laura found something and here we go. All right. 
So, this is actually a book that doesn't exist yet. Or yes. it exists. Yeah. But it hasn't been released. And I'm really excited about it. Okay, do you guys want to hear the description the author has given for this book? Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. Nazis get punched. Boys kiss boys. Girls kiss girls. And no queer people die. I'm hyped already. I'm already completely in. I'm not sure about the rest of you. It's called The Spy with the Red Balloon by Catherine Locke. Um... The last name is spelled L-O-C-K-E. Um, basically, I've never been more hyped for a book in my entire life. That's relatable. As soon as I got that description, I realized that this book is all I care about. So if, like me, you are incredibly hyped by that description, that book is available for pre-order right now. And I really want to read it. And I'm not sure if any of you really want to read it. But I think like just from Soteria Baloo's story, I know that I want to hear about Nazis getting punched. And mm-hmm. who else doesn't? I mean, queer people and Nazis getting punched are, like, my two favorite things. Same. Though. So, I'm really excited about this book. I'm really excited to see it come out. It's by an author that I've, like, sort of been keeping my eye on recently. And then someone recommended it to me. And I'm just so incredibly excited for it. So, I think everyone else should also keep their eye out, out for it. And just, like, sort of promote it a bit. I mean, this is, like, a queer author. And this is a very exciting sounding book. And I think it will be like, yeah, I think it'd be really good to have, you know, some support for this queer author in our community. What's the name of the book again? The name of the book is The Spy with the Red Balloon. The Spy with the Red Balloon. Keep your eyes open for it, guys. Yes. And I am signed up. Like, I am there. I am in line. I am waiting for the book already right now. That's where we're recording from, the bookshop. They asked me to leave four times and I refuse <laughs> to until they get this book. Also, if you can't afford it, do you know what a great thing you can do is? Recommend your library. Buy it. Yes. I know I can do that online and I've been doing that online a lot lately because I'm like, I want so many books. And I think that's a really important thing to do, especially with queer authors. Because, you know, it's important to support queer artists, all that kind of stuff. But also, it's great to have queer work in libraries because you're not going to be the only person reading that and maybe even if it's not right now but maybe if it's like three years from now someone will stumble across it and maybe that's the book that will lead them to the place that they've been wanting to go for a very long time exactly so get excited about reading get excited for reading about nazis getting punched and gay people being gay yes just get hyped i'm so hyped same I've been ranting to Will about this for a while. So, yeah, just keep an eye out for it. Um, I guess this isn't a queer recommendation like we usually have it. It's a, I haven't read it yet, so I can't give you details. But I'm recommending it anyways. And I'm really hoping that you guys will, like, check it out. And if you're interested, you will shout out the author to help support them. Because I think it's just really important to support queer creators. Just I in general. I completely agree. Is this because I'm a queer creator and that's completely a selfish need for myself? No, Maybe. A little bit, like 40%. 40%. And that's under 50%. Oh, so. yeah, you're good. You're good. Yeah, I'm safe. I'm safe. I'm not totally awful. All right, I think that's all we need to talk about. Yeah, uh, remember to check us out on social media. Remember right. to check our website. Remember to email us things, comments, questions. We misspelled something. We mispronounced something. You think we're great. Email us all these things. Exactly. Um, our website is www.makingqueerhistory.com. And yeah, just do some more research into these women. I know we did a really brief overview. We didn't even, I don't think we even said the time of death for most of them. Nope. But you should do more research yourself. Because 
Making career history is a starting point. We're not a finishing point or even a middle point. We're a place where you start so you can learn about new people, so you can do your own research into them and learn all these cool, amazing things and buy queer books and have all these amazing queer authors on your shelves. If you want to find more info about the people we write about, uh, go to the articles. There will be sources at the bottom. But be careful. There might be triggering... uh, um, material cunt. in them? Yeah. Because some of them, specifically with trans people, there will be dead names and misgendering. Yeah. So just be careful going into that. Yeah, definitely. Um, in general, with our sources, you should always like be cautious. I know we say like disclaimer, there might be triggering material. But as someone who's read through all of the sources... We're not lying. They're, they're, we're not just being like, oh, we want to like be super progressive and protect everyone from like all these different things. But there are like some very triggering things in a lot of them. And yeah, we're just keep that in mind before you go in. We can't give specific ones for each one because there are a lot. So yeah, just keep your own safety in mind. And if you need to, you can message us and we can supply you with some safe ones. Yeah. So I think that's all from us today, guys. Yeah. Thank you for listening. And remember, history is queerer than you think. We have always existed, and we are still here. Telling the stories of those long dead, we won't disappear. We're taking the pen back into our own hands. We live and we breathe and we keep creating, taking a stand. History is queer. Step we're taking is history in the making. We hold our own future, we learn from the past. They've tried to remove our legacy, but we are built to last. So listen to the stories. Cause they'll help us grow From Sappho to Frida Kahlo There's always more to know History is queerer than you think Yes, we will continue Yes, we will improve Making history is just what we do Yes, we will keep growing
เสือใจเก่